Anyway, yeah, hi, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. We've restarted the uh, we've restarted the recording after some audio troubleshooting. You didn't need to know that, but I have to air out all of our awkward all of our awkward restarts and behind the curtain crap. Um and uh yeah, I was just talking about how I don't know what to talk about that I did this week because it has mostly been work and and Xenoblade, which I think I've talked about to some degree for like the last three weeks. Yeah, we have nothing to talk about this week. <laughs> so thanks for joining. I, I just remembered what this week's game is. Like just, just now. now. Just now. Like I knew I'd, I'd like I needed to just think about it for a minute. But I was like, did we already record the Pokemon Puzzle League one? Oh, yeah, no, that was that was a uh, we, we did that one. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. That's done. So yeah, it's, I will say that the weird thing for me, hi, I'm Time Wanderer, by the way. I, I gotta, I gotta get back into the habit of doing that. Do we, do you? I mean, I'd like to. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's important, I suppose, to, to say who we are sometimes. I won't, but it's good that you, at least one of us does. <laughs> well, he's, he's Tom. He won't introduce himself, but, um... Yeah, I, I tend to play the games that I talk about on this podcast at twitch.tv slash timewanderer. So if you're listening and you'd like to come hang out and chat, you can go do that. Anyway, I'm not streaming Xenoblade Chronicles, and I'm very glad that I'm not streaming Xenoblade Chronicles because that game's starting to drag. I'm up to the like 70, 80 hour point, and it's approaching 100, and I'm starting to get to that point where it's like, hmm... This Do can I just wrap rush up the this story now. This should probably wrap up pretty soon because I'm gonna start losing interest. I'm not really. I'm not losing interest. I'm. I'm. It's interesting right now because Xenoblade Three comes out or will have actually come out. I think. I think it comes out Friday. Yeah, that sounds right. Which is after the time we're recording this, but earlier than it will actually come out. So if you're listening to this, it's probably already out. But the review embargo is lifted. And all of the reviews say basically the same thing. That it's wow, a good th time. this game is huge and great, and the character writing is awesome, and the story is way too convoluted, and no one has any idea what's going on. I So when I hear that for an RPG, I'm not sure if it's actually the truth or if it's just kind of like the cool thing to write about now for JRPGs. I like, mean, the it, thing it, is, like, they're confusing, but they're also all the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like you pretty much know what's going to happen once you've played, you know, 50 JRPGs. You kind of like, yeah, they're going to fight the big thing and it's going to turn out to be more important than what it seems at first. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one character is going to do something that you never would have expected. Right. And it, it somebody like, might die. The the rival character who's been like, you're kind of big bad through the first half of the game. Now you're going to see their backstory and it's going to it's going to turn like, out oh, that I they have their you. They're going to have their own motivations and it's like, oh, maybe he's not such a bad guy after all. He's just trying to, you know, he's just trying to do his own thing because he's big sad. Yeah. And depending on the game, he's either going to team up with you or you're still going to have to kill him. Or you'll defeat him and refuse to kill him and then he will sacrifice himself to save you later. So something, something I can already feel a scenario like that starting to set up in Xenoblade 2. <laughs> like, I, I already two. know who it's going to be. Like, who the who the person is who's like, 
oh, they're like, they're bad, but maybe they're not that bad. Maybe they're just sad about injustice. And yeah, they're just upset about injustice and have done the thing where it's like, well, this is like, this is irredeemable and this injustice cannot be fixed. So everything has to die now. Yeah, sure. Sure. That's that's. But then um, you have to do the thing where it's like, oh, you've restored my hope in humanity. Please, you know, do what I could not do. Yada, yada, yada. Like, the story is good, but it's also like, yeah, no, I see. It's melodramatic. Well, and and even we've poked fun at uh, RPG stories in the past. You know, a little bit of Kingdom Hearts, who hasn't? And a little mm-hmm. bit of Three Houses because of the three different kinds of storylines and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. But they're not really... I wouldn't say they're actually complicated stories. I would say maybe they're confusing just because of how they present the information. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not. It's like how everything is Dark Souls like when it's hard. Right, right, right. It's right. like okay, it's not Dark Souls. It's just difficult. <laughs> so it's 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 funny that the it almost seems like it's a a, a way of saying hey, this game's really great because it has a confusing storyline now. Right. Like for an RPG where it's like, oh, the story's so intense, you're never going to be able to figure it out without a YouTube video. Like a story that is actually unique and interesting and complicated is 13 Sentinels. Yeah, like that's... That's, that's a, one where it's like every single plot twist is, holy crap, what the hell is going on? Right, and and even though I, I uh, pieced together sort of what the ending was going to be way yeah. before I should have, it was still like, oh, how are we going to get there? Yeah, like... How do the characters get to that conclusion? And like that's that's a story that is quote unquote confusing, but in a good way because it's not actually confusing once you once you get to the yeah like uh, the I, I conclusion think of it. A story that's really twisty and goes through a lot of different uh, goes through a lot of uh, a lot of big reveals and plot twists and stuff that kind of escalate the scale of things as you go is not inherently confusing. What makes it confusing is when a plot twist happens and you don't understand what it means. Right, yeah, because what does confusing mean? And, and like, when they say that in, in as a review, like, what do, what do you mean by confusing? Do you mean that as you're playing the game, you're going to be unsure of what's coming next or, like, why this character's motivation? Or is it going to be when you're all done, you're like, what the hell was the point of any of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a there's a massive difference there. And it's it's sort of a, a it's kind of like a useless way to describe a game story unless you're going to go into way more detail. Like if you just say, oh, it's it's confusing. It's like, well, OK, <laughs> I mean, I understand I understand the the basic idea of what they're trying to get at. The basic idea of what they're getting at here is this is a game that does a JRPG thing where you start from your quiet village and you you know you jo- you join on you sort of stumble into this kind of small scale thing and then you end up stumbling into something that's much bigger and you spend a good portion of the story unraveling like just how large and important the scale is of the thing that you've kind of stumbled upon yeah we and then it turns out to be god yeah and then it turns out to be world threatening and then you fight god to become god yeah and then fight the the god's god. Yes. <laughs> Cuz your your drill has pierced the heavens now. There yes. And it, and that's just like it scales up like the 
this sort of like intensity and and scale of the conflict kind of moves up from like first you're kind of bonking things with your sword and then you know after you're still doing that but after 40 (laughs) hours you're doing that but at light speed (laughs) again like doing dragon ball like dbz flashes across the sky where like there's not even actually there's not even actual like characters moving it's just flashes of light clashing against each other yeah, well, and, and so that kind of goes to what I'm saying, that confusing is a, a weird word to use to describe something, because you could say Dragon Ball Z is confusing, but not really the story of it's confusing, but how does, uh, like, what's the measurement of power? Oh, it's whatever it needs to yeah. be, that's confusing. But it's not, it's, that I don't know what that means. Like, do, do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, I think that... I dislike in... that just term to describe a, a story, unless it's legitimately, there are... <laughs> I would not be surprised to find... The Xenoblade, it's going to be a while before I play it, so I don't oh, know for probably sure. Probably a long while, eh? <laughs> um, but it's, I would not be surprised to find, given having played one and half of two, probably more yeah. than half at this point. Um, I would hope so, because I'm like 80 hours in. <laughs> you've, you, you've left the second zone, because you've done all of the side quests. I am doing way too many side quests. I will say about two, they handle side quests a lot better than one. Because one just like peppers in a zillion side quests with no with no like actual content to them. They're all yeah. just fetch they're all just stuff. fetch quests. They're all just gather gather eight of these. Thanks. Here's money and XP mm-hmm. and maybe an item. And um, Xenoblade Two still has a lot of side quests, but they're way fewer and way more individually important. Like. One of the, like, they each have more substance to them. So it's yeah. more worth actually doing them. Well, they're side quests as opposed to literally just being an, an MMORPG right. quest. Right. Like, nothing, no franchise will ever get side quests more right than Yakuza. Because yeah, all even of that has... Uh, even That has a few that are kind of throwaway, but... But they, they want you to care about them to a degree, because they actually, yes. they typically have some story associated with it, and... Maybe there's not a greater impact or anything like that, but oh, there's absolutely not. But they're just fun little there's fun little story vignettes that are like enjoyable to see. Yeah, I mean we've joked that you play that game for the side content. Yeah, like absolutely. Story. Yeah, if you are running through the game and only doing the main content, like the main stories in those games are great, but like the the real memorable stuff is in the side content. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not say that's necessarily the case here. It's not on that level. In, in Xenoblade 2, but there are <laughs> fewer, more focused side quests with more attainable uh, goals. Because a lot of the ones that I ran into in one that made me just start skipping over them were like, there's a 1% chance of this dropping in this spot, in this area, in this, f- like, forest. Right, yeah, or like this monster's a rare spawn that only spawns after it rains, but you can't control the weather. Right, right, right. That kind of stuff. So it's like, go pick up this one gathering spot and try to hit that 1% chance and get bring me five of them. Sure. And it's like, I would do that for a while and spend several hours just farming the same spot for that drop. And I was like, I hate this. And then I would stop playing for several months and then come back to it and be like, okay, never mind, I don't care. So there isn't anything like that. All the side quests here are like, 
they're very straightforward. You know what you're supposed to do. There are some that do get sort of progress locked, but not in the way where it's like RNG based. Okay. It's usually like there are, I've mentioned before how there's sort of like persona type things. They're called blades and you equip them and they have, they have different like skills attached to them. They have battle skills, but they also have like exploration based skills Mm -hmm. that can sort of level up as you use them. So there are some situations where you'll have a side quest and progress in that side quest is locked behind you having certain exploration skills at a certain level. But that's something that, that you can sense. control because you just find the you just find or summon the, uh, you know, the blades that have those skills. And then you get them up to the point where you, you know, you get them up to the point where you can actually do that and then you can move on. Yeah. So I actually kind of like that because it gives you a good reason to uh, to go through the game and actually level up a variety of different blades instead of just sticking with your main three through the whole game. Because you totally can do that. That's cool, actually. So yeah, I actually, I like the way, uh, I like the way a lot of that is structured. The whole, like, field exploration thing is is super cool. Um, a, a lot of them also give you bonuses to, like, if you're gathering stuff, you'll get more stuff or rarer stuff with higher frequencies. So, like, there's a whole bunch of different ones. There's, like, they're yeah, huge dangerous games. to collecting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Luckily, like, a lot of the collecting stuff is not as important in this game as it was in the first one. Where, like, in the first game, in in Xenoblade 1, there's, like, you need this specific item in this quantity. And there's there's a little bit of that here, but most of it is, like, bring us, you know, a hundred of this classification of item. Oh, okay. You know, like if you for from all the areas in different right. uh, in different quantities, like a hundred flower type or a hundred, you know, vegetable type or a hundred, you know, that's nice. I like that. Or metal type, and then yeah, you can just quality of life. Yeah, and then you can just like pick like if you have. Usually, I'll go through my list, and there's like you know, thirty different types of items on the list, and some of them I'll have five, and some of them I'll have eighty, and I'll be like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go. <laughs> We're going to count down from the top here. And then they have different rarities and higher rarity items give you more points towards those things. So it's 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 all nice. Like, it, it never feels as tedious as the first game does. By all accounts, three from the reviews that I've glanced over seems to improve on a lot of the stuff from two, which in turn improved on a lot of the stuff from one. It's just that, like, I assume it is going to have an equally you know, massive an equally massive. <laughs> yeah. An equally massive zone and increasingly like, you know, ridiculously scaled up story that starts from like, I'm from a sleepy town going to gather 10 foxtails to make a necklace or whatever. And then it, and then, you know, five hours in, you find the legendary artifact that makes you the chosen one. And then 50 hours after that, you're having space battles against, you know, against Mecha God. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I that's how to, it goes. I would like to play three, but I one should and probably two, finish right? one. <laughs> I actually want to finish. The reason I say it's going to be a while before I play three is because there is a, uh, a sort of prequel DLC game that is actually a standalone yeah to two yep which is apparently like about as big as the original game 
Yeah, I, I that one, and then there's also the in between one and two game that you didn't play as part of the definitive edition. Was there? Oh yeah, God, there is a there is a, like a one point five, isn't there? Yeah, that one's much shorter. You know, it's only like twenty hours. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine. Which is which you know that's a that's a that's a pretty short for for a for a RPG, but it's still twenty hours for just you know. A little bit of connecting thread between the two. You know, it's it's interesting, though, because I, I've talked about, like, sort of the difficulty that I have with just, like, picking games to stream and then playing games off stream because I feel like they should be stream games. Mm-hmm. And I finally, like, Xenoblade has really helped with, um, and also playing Trials of Mana a few weeks ago as well. Um, it's really helped me to get to a point where I can kind of file things away because I'm always thinking about things in terms of streaming. And it's like, I should stream this game. People will want to see this game. People will be excited about it. But then there's the other side of it, which is, boy, 100-hour RPGs don't make for great streams because if someone wants to come in after 30 or 40 hours and I have to explain the entire story up to that point, or I want to spend all my time doing boring side quests because that's how I like to play these games. It doesn't make for great. It doesn't make for great stream content. Like mm-hmm. it's it takes it takes up too much of my stream time that I could be doing something else. And a lot of times, what happens is people who are interested at first miss a couple of streams and then drop off. So by the time I'm actually finishing it, no one actually cares. Yeah, I can I can see that. I it I don't. It's weird because I think when it comes to streaming games like that, it's it's really just the person that people are coming in to hang out with. Yeah. Very rarely will somebody be like, oh, man, I, I wanted to watch this game, so I watched just some random person play it. Right, That right, seems right. unlikely to me, unless you're going to watch it on YouTube, in which case you can then see it from the beginning. It it's- happens when it is a game that people don't play often. Like, I've had it happen a couple of times with Riven. Where people yeah, oh, come no. in because it's like, oh man, someone's playing Riven. And people do it with La Mulana and people did it with Outer Wilds. There are certain types of games that people those... will show up and be like, oh man, I'm excited that somebody is playing this. Exactly. But but in those examples, it's people that already know everything about the game and they're just excited yes. to see someone else play it. Yeah. Which in, in which case, it wouldn't actually matter if you were doing side content because they might get a kick out of you doing side content too, right? In so, love... Depending on the game, they'd be upset if you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, like if you watch somebody play, again, Yakuza and just uh, beelined it through the store, you'd be like, dude, I, I can't even watch this guy play. <laughs> you gotta do the side quest where you have to buy the child the porn. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. Or at least, like, balance some ice cream. Like, oh god, I forgot that one from three. <laughs> I know how much you'd love three, so I, I had to bring it up. I don't hate three. I just think it's the worst one. But yeah. the worst one, the worst Yakuza game is still a damn good game. I, I like I like pretty much all of the, I don't. It's weird because I thought I would have stronger opinion about one I like more than the other. But I really just like all of them. You I didn't like four, right? I liked four. I never problem with four. I thought, uh, I thought you were like, I thought you didn't like it. But then you thought it was cool when it came together at the end. Oh, no, I mean, I don't think any of the games have, <laughs> like, incredible stories. I just like watching what Antics Kiryu gets up to. Yeah, that's uh, fair. And 
I enjoy all of the stories. Like I'm never, I, I don't think I've said any of them were bad. What happened with four that you might be remembering because I said I stopped playing it was simply because Leticia started playing it. So she ended up playing through it and I was more watching as opposed to which is uh, the other okay. way around because she liked doing the, she liked playing in that one more than the other ones. I don't remember why. Maybe I, maybe the combat was more the combat's better or something than... and it was more fun to play. Uh, so she did, she played four, so I didn't play four. But I don't remember saying I didn't like the, um, I didn't, maybe what I didn't enjoy as much was switching between the characters. Mm. I definitely said that. Yeah. That I, that switching between each character wasn't as enjoyable for me as just being Kiryu, but that's because I, I'm, I'm more invested in Kiryu as a character than anything else. As Yeah, that's so, understandable. Like, at, yeah, right. So, so like when Yakuza 6, whenever we get to it and finish it, I'm not sure if I'll play like a dragon only because, mm. you know, Kiryu's not there, which is the selling point for me as opposed to the series, which is... I mean, I will say about Like a Dragon, they know that you miss Kiryu. <laughs> yeah. We're like, going... they, they understand <laughs> that, like, Kiryu is the franchise, and it's a big step to move away from him as the leading man. So mm-hmm. they do everything they can to really set up Ichiban as a as a likable character. And I he I was I was in by the end. And like, and and it's just, you know, it's just a quality quality gameplay. So it's it's I like RPGs and since it's an RPG I would I would enjoy it. You know what's funny? When I was in Brazil I was talking to um uh one of Leticia's cousins boyfriends who had never played Yakuza and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I I didn't really care for it that much because I'm I like more action games i thought it was going to be more like grand theft auto but it was really just sort of an rpg and it seemed like it was oh okay. yeah like, oh no you got to play uh zero like start play with zero. literally any other one don't play that one it's like oh they're all free as part of the game pass and i just picked the newest one because they said you didn't need to like it was you know you didn't need to have you didn't need to play the previous ones to 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 get into it and i was like oh yeah no uh that's true but if that is technically to... true with like a dragon, but like a dragon is so much better if you play the early ones. Well, but it's and, just a and, lot of investment, though. Well, it, but if you want more open world fighting stuff, yeah, you play then zero. You don't want to play like a dragon. You want to play one of the earlier ones. I even with like a dragon being like a completely different area with completely different characters and a totally different story and all of that, I. I still say you start with zero. Yeah, zero or or um, Kiwami. I think you start with zero. Like you can start with Kiwami, but I, I think, think zero you... is a better experience because if you start with <laughs> if you start with Kiwami, it kind of it it uh, spoils zero in some ways, and you'll yes. miss out on the the it all sure the does. hey hey like like zero does the the nudges of oh remember this guy oh this guy is important yeah this one's neat too here's his or like so there's a whole lot of uh little references that you'll miss out on completely if you play yep, zero first yep. since it came out after four or five or whatever but yeah beating up a 12 year old ryuji goda <laughs> right, right. is like, uh is quite the experience so so the especially before you know who that is and it's like why are we beating up this child <laughs> i know he's a child who's like six foot six but still yeah and he was doing something naughty i don't remember now wasn't he stealing people's pants? I, th- I feel like he was stealing pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure he was stealing pants. He was still 12. Yeah, but you know, 
it's it's Japan. It's the the logic is it's Japan and it's Yakuza. <laughs> so it's, so it's he was twelve, like a thirty year old getting beaten up by hardened Yakuza. Right, right. But he's not actually twelve. He's like he, he's he's anime like he's, twelve. He's like yeah. So he's like twenty seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs> In combat ability, right. anime twelve is like a a seasoned twenty eight year old battle master. Yeah, right. it's like it's like you know Batman levels of, of yes. training at that point. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you make it to seventeen or eighteen in anime, oh, good luck. Good You're luck being like, that person. People start calling you Oji San. <laughs> you know, I I I finished up uh, Wild Arms this this past week and okay one of the characters is in their mid 30s but the the i think it's mid 30s maybe they're only in their 20s i'm not sure <laughs> but their art for the character makes them look like they're 40 or something like that yep, it's like uh -huh. yeah that's the anime for sure <laughs> i think oran in final fantasy 10 is like 31 <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly and he he's definitely a you know mid 40s He's got salt and pepper hair. Well, I mean, I do. I'm not 40. So. I mean, like, like large gray swaths. Yeah. Like, I've got some coming in around, like, the sideburns and stuff. But, like, it's not it's not something where I could, like, style it into a gray streak through my hair. How old is Oran, actually? I'm curious. I, I could be wrong, but I thought I remember seeing that he was 31. Yeah, 35. 35. Cool. A year younger than me. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> I mean, he's also dead. So maybe maybe he can do what he wants. Wouldn't you know, he look younger dead. then? No, maybe he's like, this is the spirit I want to have. I want to look like this cool samurai with a broken arm, but not actually broken. I'm just too cool to use it. Oren's really cool. He he was the the only reason I... I uh, sort of enjoyed final fan well him and 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 waka but i know you hate waka so <laughs> i like i used to okay so i am this is actually a good segue to something that i want to talk about anyway okay interesting there is so much stuff like waka where like <laughs> in this video so games <laughs> where i see a character and he's just kind of a goofy goofball character and i like them for whatever reason and then like now i go back to those games in my 30s and have been you know i watch let's plays and a lot of the a lot of the channels that i follow do let's plays of like older games so mm -hmm. i get to sort of like re revisit those that i haven't played for a long time and it's like, oh, I didn't realize what this character was. Like, at the time, like, I didn't, I just kind of over, I don't know if it's because I was younger or I wasn't as socially aware or I wasn't, uh, or I just, like, wasn't paying attention or I'm just a different person now. Sure. But, yo, racism. Like, yo, racism. Oh, is that? Like, is, Waka is... spends the entire game doing his whole like i don't know man i don't know brother the the yevon religion says that all the albed are heathens to be to be condemned to hell <laughs> and it is just like it is just constant race war bullshit from him like a full stream of it every time you talk to him it's like oh this is dirty albed though 
Yeah, well, he has to because that way he can then later be like, oh, they're not bad. I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. He comes around and he's like, oh, I didn't really understand anything. <laughs> you know who doesn't do that? And this is actually what I wanted to segue into. What? Who? A more recent Let's Play that I've been watching is Wooly versus playing Mass Effect. Okay. Um, I played Mass Effect probably 10 years ago. Um, a, a mutual friend of ours bought me the uh, entire trilogy on, I want to say, PS3? Maybe X yeah. probably, No, probably Xbox 360. Probably Xbox. I still have it on the shelf I'm looking for. It. Yeah, it's 360. Yeah, so I have the th- I have the trilogy on uh, on 360. I played them all one after another. Liked them a whole bunch. Um, uh, spoilers for for the big uh, Vermeyer mission in Mass Effect. If you haven't played it and care about you know 10, 12 year old spoilers, um, there's a bit in in Mass Effect where you have to choose which party member you're going to save and which party member you're going to let die, and. There is a guy who is kind of like a a child soldier experiment who has like, you know, he's got all these biotic powers, but he also has like chronic pain and suffering from them. And he's really like upset about the injustice of it all and having to be subjected to all of that. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of like a nice chill guy and he, you know, he cares a lot about people. He's very compassionate. Um, and then there's Ashley William, the space racist, who is like... You know, I'm a I'm a fourth generation military girl. I like my my family believes in God and guns and we don't need any help from these foreigner aliens. <laughs> and at the time I was like, hey, that's, you know, whatever. She's a girl. We'll save the girl. Sure. So I went through I went through three whole games with Ashley William, the spacist. <laughs> and like now watching Mass Effect 1 and like, like you lose one of those two party members about two thirds of the way through Mass Effect 1, maybe three quarters of the way through Mass Effect 1. Um, and then there's two more games where that decision carries over. So whichever character you have is whichever character you have. Right? Yeah. So I got to know three whole games of Ashley Williams versus like three quarters of one game for Kaiden Alenko to the point where like I actually saw I actually watched some uh, some videos of the DLC where Kaiden was in the party. And I was like, who the hell is that? Oh, wow. Because I'd forgotten he even existed. I mean, and I, yeah, I'd never even I've never even played Mass Effect two or three. So going back to watch mass effect one again and listening to like listening to the conversations that they have with, uh, with, with these characters and seeing who they are. I am appalled at my early twenties self for not seeing Ashley for what she is and leaving her to die in a fire. (laughs) Like, completely different read on both of those characters than I had 10 years ago. That's it is, of... it's wild. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Watching, watching media, uh, or like, you know, stories and stuff from the past. If you're able to look at it differently now, it's sort of like, Oh, huh. That's way different than I would have. Yeah. Th- than I thought the, my first time through. Yeah. The really interesting thing about it is like the game, the story, the characters, 
are unchanged. Like, it is the same experience. You're seeing the same thing. Nothing there is different. I've changed. Which is kind of cool. But then it also forces you to confront your former self where it's like, how did I not see this before? How did I, like, how was my read on this so much different? I I sent you an image for as to why, probably. (laughs) I, you know what? is actually the funny thing about that. What? I did not do any romance option in Mass Effect 1. <laughs> I literally just sidestepped that whole that whole thing. That just didn't happen and I was like I was fine with that. I I still the the romance options in most games is always more of a joke to me than anything else. Oh yeah, no. There's like it's if it is a choice if it is actually like, here is your lineup of characters, pick which one you want to see, like, partially <laughs> naked. Yeah, like, flip through your, at least, at least Yakuza's up front about it. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, flip through the, flip through the catalog. Choose them from a menu. Right, right. That's what Binders I mean. full of women. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's hilarious. It is ridiculous. And, you know, at least they make it equal opportunity in uh, in in later games. But yeah, oh, yeah like that wasn't even that. why it, I mean, I suppose it was like, oh, well, you know, she's a girl and she's kind of pretty. So we'll save her. But like now actually like paying attention to like what kind of person she is and having a different read on that than I did in my in my 20s, like jaw some there are some things that she says that are like jaw dropping because it's because the thing is like it's the subtle racism it's not like you know all people are bad or whatever she yeah she never comes out and 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 does the like starts throwing slurs around sure sure it's just like oh well you know these tapes these people yeah like that's just how they are kind of a thing as opposed to... She literally starts throwing out a bunch of I'm not racist, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a lot of like, I don't know, I just, you know, I just think that we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't rely on these other people and humanity should just handle its own business. And we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't be working with any of those people because we can't trust them. <laughs> we can only trust our own kind. Yeah, it's weird. It's you know what? I had a similar experience with Catherine. When Catherine oh, full know? when Catherine full body came out and I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember like I really like Catherine. That's a that's a mature kind of edgy, sexy love story about real adult relationships." And then I play it as a 30-something and I'm like, "Oh, this is schlock." Yeah, I I didn't actually ever finish the game on the PS3 when I had it. What uh is it is it not as as amazing as, as you remember? It's very cringy. Like I still like it, but I like it way differently than I did when I played it when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. I took it very seriously and was it was out there talking about how it's a you know it's a it's it's such a great like it's a brave you know real adult relationship story and like yeah they're they're touching on adult topics yeah they 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 talk about sex yep mhm 
that that's actually I've talked about this before, but that's that's what turned me off from Dragon Age and and Mass Effect and uh, The Witcher and stuff. Actually, was that it felt like it was a, it felt like that was the 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 main draw. Of it. it was like, oh look at this, <laughs> like totally, like honestly, we totally have sex in a room. That marketing became such an outsized portion of yes. like what those games are about. Oh, I know. That I know is that. like those are fifty-hour games. Yeah, it's like marketed it's like around. <laughs> yeah, around twenty seconds of like a person in lingerie. No, I, I'm I'm fully aware of it, but it 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 it's uh, it was. But yeah, like it was. You're absolutely right. They like it was in every publication because it was such and they, a and they could it was such swears. a thing. Lots of lots of naughty language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that made it that made it cool too. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's definitely part of that era. Like, there's that sort of late aughts, early teens era where, and sort of stretching back into, like, the, the mid-aughts, the mid-2000s as well. Like, where the gaming audience started to grow up and wanted, like, adult video games. But then the idea of what an adult video game was completely teenaged. Yeah. So it yeah. was just like, you know... Throw some throw some dirty jokes and profanity into your game, and and then people will think that it's mature, and it is the most immature. <laughs> In so many cases, it is so it is so like fifteen year old trying to act cool. It's it's sort of like that that I'm I'm sure you didn't see it, but it's sort of like that sausage party movie where they it was. Oh man, let's get just as raunchy as possible without and they like missed the part about being funny because they were just like, "Oh, we can say all this stuff." Like they can get away with it so we can as opposed, you know, should we? Mm-hmm. Like does it make sense? Does it make anything actually better or are we just doing it for lulls? Mhm. It's honestly one of the things that I noticed when I played Banjo-Kazooie is there's so much of that just sort of like borderline borderline edgy humor that's like this this is for like no one (laughs) like well it's a lot of the 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 humor is like someone's always at the end of the the joke yeah like it's 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 very much at somebody's expense kind of humor and it's always gruntilda sure or except like all the dialogue between banjo and kazooie and and they're really goggles too yeah is, is it Goggles? Is that his yeah. name? No, the Bottles. Mole? Bottles, yes, thank you. He has Goggles, though. I feel like there is a Goggles the Mole. Somewhere. I think there is a Goggles <laughs> in Banjo-Tooie that is, like, related to Bottles. Oh, yeah, because Bottles is dead. Oops. <laughs> Spoilers for if we ever play it. We probably will at some point. If they release it on the Switch, I imagine so. I mean, I still have it on Rear Replay, so I can just boot that back up. Yeah, anyway. That's um, true. But anyway, all of the, like... Banjo and Kazooie and Bottles are all on the same side and all of their dialogue with each other is like unnecessarily adversarial. Yeah. Like, here, let me help you. And it's like, thanks, you you like blind asshole. <laughs> right? like, <laughs> yeah. By the way, you suck at everything that you do and I hate talking to you. It's like, okay, have a good time. Yeah, some people really enjoy that kind of humor. I don't know. It's not it's not for me. It never has been. It's like just the, the, the humor like there are people who think that they are insult comics 
You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, they think they're being funny, but actually they're just being mean to everyone, and they're the only one that thinks it's funny. Yes. Like, yeah, but they that's... but they think they are, they think they are being really witty insult comics, and it's like, they're the types of people who go around telling you that they speak sarcasm. That's, I'm, I don't want to know anyone that says that. That, like you've you've seen it you've I seen know. like shirts and I know stuff where it's like i'm fluent in sarcasm yeah no i know what you mean I, and I, like I, there I... are people for whom sarcasm like they won't actually ever say the thing that they mean they will dryly say the opposite of that and say i'm being sarcastic and that is exhausting after a time a yeah, very like short time sometimes it's fine like if you know the person and they like, cause I've said like, we've each said things to each other that would be that are, that is clearly oh, one yeah. of us being sarcastic with the other mm-hmm. one. But if you have to say it, or if you have to say, it's just a joke, then perhaps, perhaps you're missing something. <laughs> if like, I think the thing for me is like, Hey, is this the like primary way that you communicate with people? <laughs> is everything a joke? Is or sarcastic? everything sarcasm? Like, can you just not for a second? Is your sarcasm sarcasm? <laughs> Is it just your truth, but you're disguising it with sarcasm? Yeah, that's the other thing, too. <laughs> that That's the, like, that's the say something, say something crappy to people, get called out, def- fall back on, it's just a joke, bro. Yeah, it's just a joke or it's just words. But then at the same time, they're the... Yep. A lot of those people will be the first one to talk about the Constitution, which I hate to tell you is also just words, technically. Well, yeah. And it's they're also the first people to get, like, really deeply insulted and upset the moment you say anything that they don't like. Like, they'll, they'll, like, pop off on people all day, and the moment it's their turn, it's like, I, I can't believe you'd say that. I don't do that. How could you? <laughs> My favorite is when people get offended about people being offended. Oh, like they're upset that you that you're offended by whatever yeah. it is that And like that then becomes the thing that is offensive. <laughs> and they get super super upset about it and it's like this is this is outrageous. This is unbelievable. I can't believe people can't just like people like react this strongly to just simple words. And it's like, you're, but you right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a slippery slope of, of explaining stuff. Hey, did, did you ever play, uh, did, did you play Spirit Tracks? No, I have not played any, um, the, the handheld, handheld Zelda game except for Link's from, Awakening. Yeah, I was going to say, everyone's played Link's Awakening. I think that's. Obviously not the case, but like if you've well, played yeah. a Zelda game, if you've played more than one Zelda game, there's a, there's there's a, a chance good chance them... that one of them is Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening and and oh god, I, I really hope that they that's the big reveal for this September is that they, they release Game Boy games on the Switch. So then we have uh the then we then we have Oracle of Seasons and Ages to look forward to because I really want you to play those and I'd like to play them again. I've been talking about playing those games for years, like literally dating back to before I started streaming. It has been it has been on the list of like, man, I really should play that. I really want to play that. I think that would be fun. And I just it just hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will sometime. 
at some point someday. But uh, I really like I Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games are like by far the biggest the biggest gap in my at least in my Nintendo gaming history, because I missed almost all of those. I had a Game Boy Color and only had Pokemon for it. When, and you said you didn't and really like playing action games on, on those smaller screens. So now, generally, now, yeah. that, now you have the chance to play some of them that you wouldn't have played because mm-hmm. of computer power. At the time, I, I remember seeing the Super Game Boy and thinking that that was stupid because, like, why do you need a different thing to play your Game Boy games? But I was also a kid and I was thinking about it from the perspective of, like, well, that means you have to use the TV to play the game, which is not always available to me because I am 10. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah, and in, in, your, in, your, in your kid brain, it defeats the purpose of it. Right, right, right. So it's like the Game Boy games I can play on my own at any time in my room, which for a long time didn't have a TV in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if on the Super Game Boy, then I have to actually like, I have to go and actually get permission to use the TV and like, no, like I have to make sure that no one else is using it. And (laughs) like, that just seems like more steps. And then the games are the same. They're not like, they don't look any different. And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's great. Give me all of the ways to play handheld games on a screen because that's where I want to play them. Except for Phantom Hourglass because you just don't ever want to play that. I've heard it's bad. I always forget whether it's that one or Spirit Tracks that people don't like. I know uh, it's not Minish Cap. Minish Cap I've seen like speedruns of and it looks dope as hell. Minish Cap is the game everybody loves to love but haven't hasn't played. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I, that's about where I'm at with it. Uh, but no, Phantom Hourglass is really, really bleh. Not, and it's not because of the, the new controls or anything. It's not even because it's overly easy. It's just because it makes you go to the same dungeon like 15 times. Because you have to keep going back to this one dungeon to unlock a part of it. But every time you go back, you have to redo the floors. Oh, that's terrible. At least I'm pretty sure you have to redo them. I don't remember. I just remember re- going back there. And, and I played I played it for a few hours. And I went to the dungeon like four times. I was like, I'm so sick of this. And I, I didn't go back to finish the game for a couple of years. Because it was just so frustrating to, yeah. to yeah. do that. Spirit Tracks is more interesting. It, you, you know, you get to, you get to, there's like Ghost Zelda. I don't remember why. I mean, do you, do you need a reason? No. But uh, that those mu- I'm sure there's as much reason for that as there's reason for Wolf Link, Pro- which probably. is we decided that would be cool, and so wrote the story around making that a thing. Yeah, yeah. Wolf Link is kind of. I mean, it's pretty cool. I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm just saying it's completely out of nowhere because they felt like they wanted to do it. And that's probably why there's Ghost Zelda as well. (laughs) I don't remember story-wise. I really, I, 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 something, something Twilight. I don't know. I didn't finish Twilight Princess. I started it like three different times and got bored halfway through and stopped. Oh, I, 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 I did all of Twilight Princess. I remember it took me six months or so before I bothered to start it because I was the, I, I, I don't remember what stopped me from starting it, but then I, I started and I just played all the way through. It was fun. It was, it was, it was an okay game. It was just very, I mean, it was just a really by the numbers Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. It just felt like I was playing Ocarina of Time with prettier graphics. I, th- I think that's what everyone asked for. Yeah. I think it's it like was. everyone saw the, everyone saw the tech demo of the, the pretty looking upgraded graphics Ocarina of Time opening. And they were like, I want to play that game. 
And then mm-hmm. we got Wind Waker, and everyone hated it because they wanted to play the game that they saw in hey the demo. Now. Some people hated it. Well, a bunch of people hated it and then realized they were wrong. Yeah, I mean, how even Miyamoto didn't like it, supposedly. That's what we were alluding to last time. So then they were like, okay, fine, you don't like that. We'll make the game that is basically the tech demo that you wanted. Yeah, and that's what that was. And that's what that's Twilight Princess is. I have to be honest, I have not finished a Zelda game since Wind Waker. I have played almost all of them, but so I have not actually... Wind Waker, Twilight Princess... Skyward Sword, uh, Skyward Breath of the Sword, Wild. And Breath of the Wild, right? I think that's it, which is kind of crazy. What, what about the 3DS about Link... game? Um, oh, I did... I Okay, uh, you know what? Worlds. Yeah, I did actually finish Link Between Worlds. Right, so right. that's technically not true. I would have been very surprised if you hadn't played that. Yeah, I did actually finish that. I love that game. Yeah, that game, I it was it's one of the those the the rare experiences where I started it and pretty much played through the whole thing in one like it was over the course of you know twenty six hours or something like that when I oh you just binged it yeah my my it when I had my three ds it was turned on one time played thirty hours or something like that yeah okay. <laughs> like boot it up once <laughs> yeah i didn't that i didn't binge awesome. it quite that hard but i did finish it fairly quickly like it was like every spare second that i had is like flip that thing back open and go for and go more yeah that game was great yeah i, I like didn't quite it, under it helps that link be- uh link to the past is my favorite zelda game and that's basically like the spiritual successor slash sort of pseudo reimagining i was gonna of say that it's kind game. of yeah it's kind of like a reimagining of it um i didn't understand really... the equipment but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an interesting, you can almost kind of see them starting to mess with some of the mechanics of Zelda in some of the games that predated, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, absolutely. Cause like you don't have consistent equipment in Breath of the Wild. You just kind of pick up what you pick up and, and go with it, which you can kind of see them piloting the idea of like not having a consistent inventory in Link Between Worlds. You can see them sort of piloting the uh, and kind of testing out the stamina and climbing system in Skyward Sword. So it's, it's kind of interesting to look back through and see them kind of messing with some mechanics and kind of seeing what works and what doesn't to kind of yeah. bring that all together into, into Breath of the Wild. I think that's cool. Especially since I've been for the longest time critical that... You know, Zelda was not really doing a whole lot of refinement on their mechanics since, like, since probably Ocarina of Time and to uh, to an extent, even A Link to the Past. Like, all of the games have the same basic structure. <laughs> yeah. It is nice when something gets, you know, they, they breathe uh, some new life into it. Because all of, like, bit. so many of the games, starting from Link to the Past, are, like... Go into three dungeons, get a thing out of the dungeon that gives you the special sword, then go into more dungeons to get another thing to give you the power to fight Ganon. I think that's why I loved Majora's Mask so much is that it. Yeah, it's actually super different. Completely different. It was it was so different compared to the other Zeldas in terms of the structure of the game. Now, what you did was the same and how it plays the same. But how you think about the game is 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 it's. Uh, it 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 flips it around, especially if you're not playing with a guide or any kind of instructions, like yeah. on what to do next, because you're you're it's 
you're just sort of like, oh God, what what what's happening? And you discover something and you're like, oh God, there's only a day left. What do I do? What do I do? Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I know what to do. I'll reset and get back to it. And that was so awesome. You haven't lived until you've been caught in a uh, in in one of the dungeons halfway through like 12 it. 12 hours left. <laughs> yeah. Six hours remain and it starts actually down. ticking ah. down as you're going. <laughs> and the music's way scarier. Yep, yep, yep. Oh god, Man, the sound design game. in that game is so incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. Majora's Mask is my favorite. Zelda it's still. it's so it's so ridiculously good. I I like Breath of the Wild, but it, I don't think I would. I still think that I would say Majora's Mask is is my favorite. Now, I don't know if I want, like, I don't know if the next. I would like what I would like from the next Zelda's to have a little bit more traditional dungeon design stuff, but still have all of Breath of the Wild, and then that would probably be my favorite. Mm. like that could top i could see that topping majora's mask but maybe not just because there's nostalgia and the uniqueness of the like the design of the game i don't know it's it's not fair to new things when you have a strong feeling about an old thing because that old thing will almost always win out yeah if you were yeah, to put yeah, it yeah. on like a tier list just be, just because of memory and and feelings yeah yeah i get that hey would you like to take a uh would you like to take a question no okay all right, well, break time, and we'll start talking about Journey to Cilius after this. No, we, we can take a letter. We can take a letter. Poor Swoggles needs his weekly uh, email answered. You know what it is. <laughs> this, is this is actually a fun question. I, I like this one. Um, I think I say that every week now, but, like, Swoggles got good questions. They're good. Like, <laughs> I, could just, like I could just stop crediting Swoggles entirely we'll and just, like... <laughs> And just be like, hey, this is the question prompt for the week. Because they're good discussion topics. I like them. <laughs> One, I can't wait for there to be a question. You're like, this question sucks. <laughs> I, I would be more <laughs> diplomatic about it. I would either, I would do one of two things. I would be like, this one's a little bit complicated. Or this That's one might be difficult to answer. Sure. Or I'll just skip it and not read it to you. Wow. Just just overwrite it completely. This didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Just changing history. Anyways. So question is, um Oh, I, I suppose I've made it a thing where I have to say cue the music. So cue the music. I didn't really intend for that to be a thing, but it just kinda happened and now that's what happens. I think sure. it's just it's just so that I know when to start like the music when I'm actually editing. I was about to say I feel like it's 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 honestly more for you than I'm cueing uh, myself. <laughs> all right the question is what game were you dissatisfied with but you think they were on the right track and probably another year in development would have made it into a game that you remember very fondly hmm. basically something that came out and you were like that's eh, not really what i wanted but like it could have been good but it feels rushed no yeah i get the i, I get the question i it's a, it's a it's a tough one to come up to, to like come up with like a specific one. I think it's interesting that we're answering this immediately the week after talking about Cyberpunk. Yeah, cuz that would be an easy one. Cuz that is like that is like the banner. That is like the banner example for this game needed a year and it would have been great. I I also kind of think it's a flawed ideology to think that more time in the oven will fix something. I mean, in some cases it will. Not all the time. Sometimes the sometimes the the concept or the team or something about it is just flawed. It's just not working. 
in some cases you can feel a nugget of like oh there's something really cool here but they just didn't they just didn't get there yeah that's i guess that's what i'm saying is that i think it's a big jump to assume that they would just with more time right like yeah sure what is what is it that's missing from this experience is it is it more physics is it prettier lighting or is it going back and changing a fundamental thing like i mean in some cases there are things cut out of the game to to save time because they couldn't get it working there's stuff where it's like and then then like oh wow that would have that would have made a big difference yeah there's like like clearly missing content Mm -hmm. um i think hmm i'm tempted i'm tempted to say bioshock infinite I did not play Bioshock Infinite, but I'm kind of I'm kind of sliding into like where you are with that, where it's like, I don't know if the problem with Bioshock Infinite was time. I (laughs) think that was just like, I think that was just, uh, God, is it it's is it Cliff Lazinski? Did did Bioshock make that? No, didn't he do? uh, He he did the butt game um, where you can shoot him (laughs) in the butt. Ken Levine. Ken yeah, Levine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what butt game now? I, I don't know. The, all the advertising was about you can shoot him in the crotch and in the butt in slow motion. Um, Are you talking about Bulletstorm? Yeah, yes. I mean, that Bulletstorm is not the Cliff Blazinski game that I would think of, but I yeah, did but actually. That's, that's the you know what? That... That's another one of those games that we were talking about earlier where I played it like 10, 15 years ago God, I and really, would... really liked it. Yeah. And would probably like, I would probably cringe at it so hard. I would just curl into a ball if I played it now. Yeah. I remember seeing the game and I played a friend had it and I played and I was like, God, this is just the stupidest crap I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was at only the time, because I of thought the... it was, I thought it was really funny yeah. and I absolutely <laughs> would not think it's funny now. I know for a fact. Wait, it's on switch. Oh yeah. They did a, they did a re-release of it a while back. Really? Put it on everything. Yeah, anyway, I, I don't know if a year would have helped Bioshock mm. Infinite or if the problem with Bioshock Infinite was Ken Levine smelling his own farts. <laughs> I mean, I feel that way about Bioshock as a whole because uh, the, the aside from the aesthetics of the world, the, the story has been done other places way better. I mean, how yeah. Chrono, Trigger, or Chrono Cross did a better version of um, Would You Kindly with the saves, like how the save systems work in that game. And cause then you get to fate and it's like, Hey, by the way, this is you playing right into my hand this whole time without having to say, would you kindly repeatedly? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't think an extra year would have saved Levine from, from his, his own demise. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people really complain about dark souls Two, especially the original release of dark souls Two. And then this is the problem with talking about this with modern games, where it's like a lot of times when a big game comes out and is disappointing, they will just keep working on it until it's better. They will just keep they'll just keep patching it. And then the game that you get eventually is great. Like like No Man's Sky is a great example of that, where it's like it came out and it's this bare bones, nothing, but it's basically an early access product. And now, like, five years later, they've updated it to, like, these insane degrees, and it's an awesome game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just needed a couple more years in the oven. It was, it, was, it was just ingredients in a pan when they released it. 
I'm literally looking through my Steam library for something to like for something to bring up for this. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling. I I've, I've brought up the stuff that I think uh, the example that Swaggles lists is uh, Fallout Four, which I think is actually a good one. Yeah, but I don't think that would have they wouldn't have restructured the whole. They wouldn't have they the game would not have had more. Uh, at least from my point of view, the where Fallout Four suffered the most was how you build your character, and that wouldn't have been changed. That's true. Right. I, I yeah, I think actually a lot of the stuff that's the problem with Fallout Four is. Not things that were missing, but things that were added. Yeah, or changed completely. It's, it's like if you don't like Breath of the Wild, if what you don't like about it is the weapon uh, degradations. If if they had another year to design that game, that is one aspect that probably wouldn't be changing. They right? would have made more weapon deg. The weapon degradation would have been more more like consistent. <laughs> yeah, like it would have it would have somehow been more annoying because it would have yes. been a unique twist or something like that. And I, I actually didn't have a problem with it. At first, I was sort of frustrated, but then I was like, this is cool because now I just use whatever I want because it's going to break anyways. So it, it freed me from my own yeah, sense of that except helps. for the I didn't use the Hylian shield at all because I, I heard it could break and I didn't know if you could repair it. And I was like, I'm just going to leave this in my inventory. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get that. Break it. <laughs> <sighs> I am Setsuna was really disappointing to me, but oh, I, that game sucked. I was so excited for that game because that is a great they build example. it as like Chrono Trigger spiritual successor, and I'm like, I like well, I dude, it kind of is, but it's boring. Got it. It hooked the, the marketing hooked me. I, I I even started streaming it on. Did I get that game for free even when I was doing the YouTube stuff? I don't know. I, I made like three or four videos of it, and I just never went back because I I never said anything about. It. I was like, this game, nope. It's so sad because <laughs> like you a... want to like it so much and it's just hard to do. Yeah, I don't. It's even not remember. even the And the worst thing is, it's not even like it's not even a shit show. It's not a memorable bad. It's not yeah, like Bob. It's just boring. <laughs> you know, for the rest of your life, you'll see Bob in some random article or you'll find another way that you own Bob. And you're like, how do I own Bob so many freaking times? Yeah. And, and you'll 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 never forget that game. That's going to be with you to the day you die. Exactly. Can... Yeah. Like that. Every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, wow, that game. OK. I am said soon is going to just be like, oh, yeah, that was that crappy game that was released. I don't I don't even like again I don't even consider it to be crappy I don't even look I don't even look upon it you're correct it's not even crap it's just forgettable it's just like it's a game that I wanted so bad I went into it intending to love it yeah with like every intention to go in and be like oh this is gonna be so good it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be like I can't wait to get like a like a new updated version of Chrono Trigger and it just I, I think the expectations there really kind of hurt that because yeah, like, that's that's comparing actually... anything to Chrono Trigger is just automatically going to be a problem. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm I'm having uh, <laughs> I keep saying actually. And as I say it, I'm like, God, stop saying that word. I can I when I can hear it myself and it's yeah. frustrating. And I hit that with basically a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and. It's it's now because I, I had just said it, but then thankfully you weren't done talking. So I, I interrupted, but then I was just <laughs> hang on that word. And I was just thinking, man, that's this, you got to stop saying actually you have to actually stop saying actually. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but <laughs> I think the marketing for I Am Setsuna is what killed it. If they didn't say it was a Chrono Trigger spiritual successor, I never would have bought it in the first place, I suppose. But <laughs> that, then it actually did its job. <laughs> it did its job, but the game just failed. The game, the, the game's marketing. <laughs> they, they did a bang up job because they're like, how do we sell this? <laughs> yeah, the game's marketing is about making, is about selling the game, not about you liking the game. <laughs> true, true. Good A plus marketing team. <laughs> That is the only reason I purchased that game. Yeah, I went through my entire Steam library and like of the things that I've played, that's the stuff that I can come up with where it's like I didn't really like it, but maybe it could have been made better. And even I a guess... lot of that stuff is like I'm I, I I I sort of agree with you now where like in a lot of those cases, I think that there's flaws in the design that I'm not sure that time would have made better. Right, right. They like, may very well have just doubled down on it. Because <laughs> you could say that about pretty much every single Sonic the Hedgehog release. Like, hey, a little bit longer with this game and maybe it would be decent. Yeah. But no, probably not. Sonic. I know that know there are doing. some I know there are some games where there's sort of the post-mortem where it's like, oh yeah, this is like a shell of what we wanted it to actually be. Sure. And we needed more time to really bring those things out, but we didn't have the time. I know LA Noir kind of oh. had a uh, I, I never played that, but I, I I did read that that was, it was, it was, I think it came out to pretty good reviews, but it was one of those things with time later that people yeah. had said, oh, it would have been better if or it would have held on. To yeah, it. yeah. Like that was the, at the... the game that actually came out, like the, the development process was troubled and they had really, really ambitious ideas for it. And, but the problem is again, would more time have helped because I think it was in development for like nine years. <laughs> I, I will say cyberpunk might be one of those games that act, dang it, that uh, uh, would have benefited from more time because um, the, the, the core gameplay was good. It was just that they were trying to put it out on a system that it shouldn't have been yeah for like if they if they could have just pretended that the last generation of consoles didn't exist that probably would have made for a overall better experience so maybe it's, it's not, not more time. it's not unprecedented it's, but even then that's not really more time that's more of just uh th this generation it's more time the, yeah because like, the transition of ps4 to ps5 has which yeah i i know overshadows xbox but that's just <laughs> my worldview the it's been very strange, I would think, where it's where you have to. Oh, hey, we're the PS Five has been out for what two years now, and Pretty close, we're still yeah. getting flagship titles released on both. Like God of War Ragnarok is coming out this November mm -hmm. on PS Four and PS Five. Yeah, that's that's so weird to me. That's still. a long tail. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, the, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they just simply have not had enough consoles to sell to the people that want them i i really that's that's true that is that's the reality of it now and i wonder if it would have been any different otherwise because i'm not sure but we'll yeah i don't know. know i i think that i probably would have i still haven't bought one of the the current gen consoles and i think that i probably would have if not for the fact that like i don't want to go through the song and dance of like trying to reserve one or logging in or showing up to the store on the days when they stock. And like, I, oh, yeah, I just want to be that. able to go and get one when I want one. If, if I grab it off the shelf. Yeah. This, we're not talking about now, if it was a Nintendo console, I would have done that song and dance 
for sure. But I would have just got it because I, I had a PS5 pre-order, but then canceled it because uh, there was nothing I really wanted. I mean, and... yeah, my, my Switch is a day one. So, like, I can't. Uh... But, I mean, I was able to just do that and pre-order it, and it was 300 bucks. Well, and if the PS5, if they had exclusive games aside from, you know, Demon Souls, then yeah. as a launch title, maybe it would have been, oh, I got to keep this because... They something. do have a FF7 Integrate. Yeah, that that I love Final Fantasy 7, but there's I couldn't justify it buying a PS5 for like a three hour game for for a three hour DLC <laughs> Yeah, that I was going to have to rebuy the game for because I don't know how that works. Right. I, I think you can buy an upgrade for a certain amount of money or maybe that was only for a limited time or uh... I'm thinking now that uh, speaking of FF7 that now that they've announced that it is going to be a trilogy. Yeah. And they've announced the next one coming out. I'm kind of fighting on like, oh, do I do I jump in when the next part comes out and play them? Or do I just wait it out? I've waited this long. You have. Do I just wait it out and get like this special trilogy collection? Because, you know, there will be a special trilogy collection. True, true. And I'm not like really missing it. So, like, I feel like I could, I feel like I could wait. I'll probably get spoiled on something between now and then. But I haven't gotten spoiled yet. Not significantly, anyway. I'm gonna think that next year, when they release Part 2, would be a great time to to jump in. Because they'll probably have a cool PS5 special edition for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that and 16 are both gonna be, you know... I think 16 is exclusive for a window and, and so is the part two for a bit. You would think maybe, maybe not part two. I'm not sure, but they will be, they will be on the, I, that, those will be the games that might get me to buy a PS five because I like to play. I want to play them. And three years as you know, that's the window that Sony's like, Hmm, let's release the pro or the slim or whatever. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that too. Like they're already talking about doing like an upgraded version of the console. And I've never really gone in on those, but the thing is those are often associated with a price drop for the base console. Yeah. So maybe I'll just get the base console. <laughs> Could get the base console at a, at a, uh, at a cheaper price, or maybe this is the time since I've waited this long to get uh, to upgrade to the new console. Maybe this is the time that I do the, you know, the sort of upgraded, the upgraded, like slim redesigned souped up version. Cause I've never done that before. And I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to it. It was always just like, I already had the console and I wasn't going to trade in the console for a better version of the same console. That's like, <laughs> right. that's a waste of money. Like it plays the game. It's fine. <laughs> but if it's my first purchase, I might opt for the upgraded version. I don't yeah, know. When I, when I got a 360, the elite was out the, the yeah, black yeah, system. Yeah. So I bought, I bought that. Uh, that was it, just the same. That was just the same console, but with a bigger hard drive. Yeah. But it was marketing and it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like I had one too, but again, that was like, it wasn't a situation where I got rid of my old one to get a new one. It was just like, it was out. So I got that one. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I also played that thing an insane amount of time and never had a problem with it. And it still technically works. Like, I can load it up, but man, is it loud. Mm. So I never had any of the red ring issues. So overall, it was a great purchase. <laughs> I absolutely had a red ring 360. Did you? Oh, mm -hmm. that sucks. I was able to get it fixed, but yeah, that was a... 
I did the whole, uh, I did the whole thing where, like, you wrap it in a towel and sit on it. <laughs> what? Because, okay, so the thing that causes the red ring issue is a bracket in the console that, like, when it heats up to a certain extent, the soldering comes loose. It kind of, like, sure. bends and it disconnects the solder, and that's what yeah. causes the, the disconnect. So one of these sort of homebrew-ish, uh, one of the sort of homebrew ways to uh, to fix it, at least temporarily, was to wrap it up in like a towel or a blanket so that it would overheat faster to heat the solder back up and then put pressure on it to kind of like squish it back together. Ah, okay. Okay. It didn't work. <laughs> it worked, but oh. the next time it would heat up, it would just break again. So it was a temporary fix. And then eventually the long-term fix is like, there's a better bracket. We'll just put a, we'll just replace the bracket that keeps bending with one that doesn't bend. And that (laughs) fixes it. We'll just use the proper parts. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Microsoft eventually just started doing that for Red Ring consoles once they figured it out. Yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, we'll replace, we'll replace that with the, with the uh, newly designed bracket that doesn't have that problem. It always sometimes it's an innocent mistake, but a lot of times there is some engineer somewhere that was like, "Told you so." <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I believe that every single time that there is somebody in QA that's like, "Hey," that has identified a problem and told everyone about it, and everyone else in the company was like, "Shut up." Hey, hey, we're gonna save a couple cents on every console, which will equate to a, maybe a million dollars, and there's certainly no bad press that can come from this ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing is always that like it's not that they don't know that if there's a problem that it'll that it'll be an issue for them it's just like don't worry it won't yeah it's it's the don't like yes it will be a problem if it breaks but don't worry it just won't break trust me (laughs) that won't happen you're overreacting (laughs) i i cannot think of a game for some reason that i was disappointed in that would have benefited from more time I because I can think of that I that could, but all of the ones that come to mind are ones where it's like I feel like there are flaws in this beyond it being rushed. So you know what's an example, but I actually am perfectly happy because I already played it for like fifty hours. But I think uh, Switch Sports would have benefited from eight more months before being released, so it could just mm. release with golf, yeah, like and whatever else, like because they just added some new stuff to to volleyball yep. to make it fancier and i think they fixed bowling so you can't just bowl straight down the middle to get strikes anymore which i was abusing it was so dumb uh you could just pretty much any game where the where bowling didn't have the the like the stuff in the lane like where it was you know oh yeah just the straight lanes yeah if you didn't get two strikes and a spare you were not making it to the second round correct yes everybody just got perfect strikes because it was so easy yeah i yeah i absolutely i was i would play bowling and it was like i missed a pin the game was over right yeah that's that's how the first the first two rounds would go then after that people would start making mistakes because usually you can't be perfect for that long yeah but but the first two rounds like oh okay dang i i missed a single pin i guess it's over yep and it it is every time It's like your first your first thing goes down there and it's like, well, that's a that's it. That's, that's a split. It. Okay. So we're done here. I might as well just quit now. Might as well just pack it in. Yeah, exactly. Time to play some tennis. <laughs> um, but so that's a game that I think would have benefited. Yeah, you like, know what's... that is more time hundred percent 
would have you know bad. what's really weird about this question at this point in game development and in, in like the gaming industry history or whatever is early access is just a thing now so you just kind of see this play out where yeah. a game comes out like an a year before it's actually ready but there's a playable version and then you just see what gets added to it over the course of the next year or so and it just becomes a, a slowly better and better game over time but that's not a game that is benefiting from it's not a game where it's like it's out. The whole point of it is it's out too early and we're going to improve it over time. Yeah, and sometimes But we're going to do don't. that with player feedback. Yeah. Yeah. The good ones act like, you know, oh, my God, I was about to say actually again, the good ones really do take that feedback into account and make a better experience. Mm -hmm. And then the bad ones leave it in early access for eternity. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like you don't see as many of those these days. Like that was a real issue when people would just release something into early access and make some sales off of it and then abandon it. I think it still happens. I'm, just I'm sure it does, but you don't hear about it as often because a lot of the a lot of the big early access games come from like trusted indie developers. Yeah, I think there's a lot more. Uh, to be honest, I think there's just more games being released, period, that sure. are good. Yeah. Well, the period goes after the, that are good. Or maybe there's two periods in this sentence. I don't know. Um, you are really nitpicking your grammar today. <laughs> I, I can just hear myself speaking for some reason. Sometimes you're in your own head. I can't explain. Yeah, now I got you. <laughs> no. but, so so I think that makes a big difference. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, there sure there was games. There was a lot of games being released, but it, it was new. So everyone was excited about it and everyone looked at it like it was this perfect idea. It, it's kind of like Kickstarter, right? Where yeah. where there was no way this could ever fail sort of a thing. And then when it does, you're everyone's shocked that mm -hmm. there is a problem. It's like, Oh, right. There's no reassurance that this works out. Right. Right. And so I think people are a little more cautious when it comes to some early access stuff. And I think developers, if they really care about their product, then they're going to be more conscious of that. Or maybe they just have a better idea of how much it costs to make a game. Cause you yeah. know, maybe it was people that thought that it was going to be easier than it was. And then they get into it and they're like, Oh my God, this is so hard. This is way more work than we ever would have imagined for yep. real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like we, I, why did we overpromise? <laughs> right. <laughs> I have like, I, I have talked to like in, in my time with like doing streams for people with fandom and stuff like that. Uh, I've talked to some devs and I have played some games that were in early access and they were really passionate and, and, you know, had all these big dreams about what they wanted the game to do. And the game's not done. It's in it's in early access. And there's some stuff that is like objectively broken. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, what is a really, you know, what's what's a really, really bright red flag in situations like that? What's that? When they start talking about the sequel. Oh, yeah. Yes. When their game is in early access and unfinished and you walk into a room and it gives a fatal exception and crashes out to menu because the room actually isn't built yet. <laughs> in the sequel, we'll fix it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm glad that you are, you know, I'm glad you're excited and you're very passionate about this project. and You have some big ideas. Maybe you should make this game work <laughs> but that's not quite as fun <laughs> just a, just an idea <laughs>
All right, I think we've answered that question or not. I don't think we answered it at all. So yeah, I, we we tried to we we talked around the question. How, what's the game that you were disappointed in that you can think of? I was even having a hard time thinking of that, and I know that's impossible. <laughs> I was disappointed, and I can't. I won't say knights. <laughs> in knights would have benefited from more time. <laughs> Ace Combat Six. All right. Because the previous ones were better? Yeah. The story fell flat. But again, that's bad writing. That's not a shortage of time. Yeah, that probably would have been... Ace Combat is Ace Combat. Like, the gameplay was fine. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of times, in my experience, the part that I'm disappointed with wouldn't have changed if if there was more time in development. It's easy to say that, oh, this would have been fixed, but I don't really... I think that that's not usually the case because if it's a if it's a fundamental structure of the game, then it's kind of like a redoing of the whole thing. And that's not going to happen. You know what the really interesting thing is for me, actually, I follow a lot of gaming, like a, a lot of gaming history series. And a lot of them talk about like, oh, here's the history of this game's development and why it came out in this busted state and what happened to like, you know, kind of derail the process and why it was so rough. Yeah. So I know that there are games that are rushed where the developers have the capability and have the have the knowledge and the desire to make a more complete game than time allows because publishers come in and they're like, no, we need this for quarter whatever because shareholders and money. Right. So just release it. We don't care. Yeah, just let's get this going. Um. But by and large, almost all of the games that have those types of problems are games that I didn't care about playing in the first place. (laughs) It's always really big, like open world fair, really like like just particular genres of games where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't have played that even if it was good. I I am so excited to see (laughs) Sonic Frontiers. Boy, I am looking you know, Sonic 06 is actually a game that probably would have been like that game is well known to have been rushed because they wanted to meet an anniversary and they cut a ton of stuff out of it. Yeah. And it feels like like they're just going to do it again. (laughs) It feels like Sonic Frontiers is going to be Sonic 06 23. Listen, if it's one thing we know. If it's one thing we know, Sonic Team does not care. They I just mean, because they're going to sell regardless. They will put out everything or they'll put out anything and they know it's going to sell enough where they're satisfied. It doesn't matter. It just everyone will get tricked. Everyone gets tricked. Like if you grew up with Sonic, even if you don't particularly care for Sonic today, you still get tricked from time to time. I bought Sonic Colors. I was like, oh, hey, that's on sale. You know what? I heard this is the good Sonic. Sonic Colors is such a bad experience that I act I, I I I stopped trophy hunting completely because of it. Sonic Colors is a game that's easy to play and I hate playing it so much that I don't even want to get trophies and I'm like I'm done. I'm done with trophies because Sonic Colors is such a bad experience and that's supposedly the good Sonic. <laughs> I have heard that's one of the better Sonic games. I don't it's know like what to say colors, about that. It's like Colors and Generations. Yep, yeah, I've heard Generations is good. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, so I finished Wild Arms and I got the platinum because it's basically just for doing all the stuff in an RPG. And I was like, oh, that's fine. sure. It's like, you know what? I, I feel like getting some more trophies. This will be cool. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go back and do Sonic Color. So I put the game in, I reinstalled it. I downloaded the patch. I started the first, 
thing. I was getting all the red stars or coins and rings, not stars or coins. <laughs> it's like, I hate this game. I hate this so much. I, I turned it off, uninstalled it, and uh, went back to playing Monster Hunter on, on the Switch. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> to be fair, I heard that the, uh, I, I hear that the, I'm assuming you played the remake. Yeah, on, on PS4. That game, that was apparently a disaster, as it is. Uh, so it's, it's, it's. Like, I, I hear that it's worse, but I don't know if it's worse from a gameplay perspective. Or if it's just, if it was like, I know it had technical issues, like bugs and, okay, and like really bad visual glitches and stuff. But I don't know if that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking gameplay wise. It's yeah, I don't know if it was a situation where people were like, had an issue with the actual gameplay or if it was it, significantly different. I will say the, the credit scenes at the end of the game, what it, it's like the longest credit scene in the history of video games. It's like 50 minutes. <laughs> That's not, a lot. I'm not even kidding. I, it, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, Sonic Colors PS4 ending. It's it's like a... Oh, what can I find? Maybe just a playthrough of it. Like credits. It's it's like 45 minutes long or something insane. Oh, no, excuse me. It's only 30 minutes long. It just feels like 45. I mean, 30 minutes credits is a long It's a lot. It's a lot. Sonic? Especially for a Sonic game. It's... You have to see it. It's This is... So to me, this kind of is a great summary of Sonic in that they think you would want to control, like they want to make it an interactive credit sequence. <laughs> and that this to me sums up Sonic design. <laughs> no amount of time would have saved this ever because their idea of a good design is to have you be able to control Sonic during credits for 30 minutes. Well, I mean, you know. Instead of just making them normal credits. <laughs> if, uh, feel fortunate... Because if this was the Sonic Origins pack, that would be locked behind this a paywall. Would be, this would be DLC. <laughs> it would be DLC. Control Sonic during the credits. <laughs> oh, man. Let's have a break. Do you want to repeat the thing that you just told me in the in-between time? Related to our previous Sonic discussion? <laughs> I was I was just... Uh... I was still laughing and, and Dean, Dean was saying that, you know, that one, that one got me pretty good. And, and, and it, it hit extra hard because I saw that Sonic Origins is, I think, 30 or 40 percent off on some sale on Switch. And, you know, the game came out a month ago. So it's just one of those. Yeah, it's that's Sonic. But, you know, it's like we dunked on Sonic Origins <laughs> and then you went to the store and saw Sonic Origins dunking on itself. <laughs> It's like, yeah, well, hey, guess what? You can, did you, did you buy this day one? You're the true Sonic fan. Sucker. Yep. <laughs> also, I do like the idea of there being joke DLC that makes the game worse. <laughs> I think, I feel, I, I, there, I there think is a, Zedette has that. I was going to say a game like Zedette, the, the, or, or I could see somebody, uh, you know, you know, somebody that's doing some sort of more or less just a meme experience that, that they could have DLC that would, if you if you decide to use it, would make the game worse to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It's funny, like, it's, there is, there's weirdly, like, precedent for this, right? Because Blaster Master, we talked about a few weeks ago, 
And like, imagine if that final, obviously the final upgrade is necessary to get to the end of the game, (laughs) but like you can, you imagine a power up like that, that is supposed to give you more capability, but actually makes the game worse. (laughs) Like the only thing worse than waiting until the end of the game to get this ultimate power up that makes the game feel bad to play is if you have to pay for it. It's it's that's that's yeah 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 I cannot wait for Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> I hope it's good. I do. I really do. I like. I always hope that it's good, but like at this point, I'm not, sort not of it, I'm sort of I won't get it. fooled again. I no, I'm not going to buy it, especially because so there was a chance that I would have done it for you know. So I, I would make excuses to play games sometimes for trophies. You know, something like oh a, sure yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I would I would like to play that game. And if I was getting trophies for it, then it would feel somehow more worthwhile than just playing it, which probably means it's a game I don't really care about if I'm mostly doing it for the extrinsic reward of a trophy. But at the same time, it's sort of like a fun motivator, right? And so there's a chance Sonic Frontiers would have been one of those experiences where it's like, cool, I want to, you know what, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm going in, I'm going to, I'm going to, going to play this game, but without trophies, then there's no way I'm going to be bothered. Yeah, I I think ideally to blame. I think ideally it's it's a situation where like it kind of just pushes you over the edge, right? Like it's a it's something that you're kind of on the on the borderline of like, oh, I kind of want to like I might enjoy this, mm-hmm. but having something to like, you know, having the checklist to fill out and having that sort of like extra dopamine hit. Yeah, because that's what it is. Yeah, is like is what drives it over the edge where it's like, well, I'll enjoy playing the game, but I'll especially enjoy doing this while I'm playing the game. Yeah. So that'll that gives me the extra little push that I need, (laughs) which which, again, I am well aware that that is it's it's psychological manipulation. (laughs) Well, I'm not I'm not being fooled here, but that's that's just how it is. If Nintendo ever releases some kind of trophy system, it's going to be it's going to be the end for me. Especially because then I'll be starting at like the beginning of it as opposed to because I actually. Oh, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to go all the way back and be like, all right, what are the achievements for snipper clips? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I had the PS3 and I remember playing a little big planet after they updated the trophies, but I just didn't I didn't care. I was like, oh, I don't care about trophies. I'm doing the achievement thing on Xbox, blah, blah, blah. But I never really started at the beginning. So if, if I started with Nintendo, like if they release a patch that adds it to Switch. Oh, that's not going to be good for my uh, my my completionist attitude. Man, I just had like a whole thing where you brought up Little Big Planet, and I was like, "You remember Little Big Planet? You remember yeah. how like Little Big Planet was kind of cool and interesting, but then actually played like garbage, and it was basically <laughs> just like, what if Mario Maker didn't have any characters that you care about and was bad?" Oh, I know. I remember I got the I got the the platinum and did everything in it a couple years, like four years ago. So I do totally remember that. (laughs) Like, I really thought it was cool that it had the whole level editor and people were uploading them. And because that wasn't really a thing that you saw a lot of. There were some really, really great levels. And there were the 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 cameos or like the DLC that dressed up the little sack boys is different. Like, you know, the Metal Gear Solid one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed playing through those. I actually... So when I decided to get 100% and it was in 2018 after getting the PS4, like, oh, cool, trophies. I want to go back and get trophies on PS3, yada, yada, yada. And so the, the DLC was gone. Like, you couldn't buy it anymore, except GameStop, for whatever reason, 
you could follow a link on their website that wasn't accessible from searching, but huh. and you could add the DLC to your cart for normal price and buy it there, even though it wasn't on the, the PS3 store anymore. It was not sold anywhere else. But for whatever reason, GameStop still had an active link to sell DLC that they probably weren't supposed to be. And I'm going to guess it was honestly an oversight. <laughs> probably. They do that a lot, actually. <laughs> Good old, like good this old week GameStop. when they when they let someone sell an NFT of the image oh, of the guy falling out of the World Trade Center on yeah. 9-11. I heard about that. Yeah, but it was dressed up in their mascot or something, right? I don't know. I, I think it was I think it was a person in a their like the space suit, which I think is the GameStop mascot for whatever reason. Sure. They're out of this world, bro. I that's as much talking as I want to do about GameStop or, or NFTs, NFTs this week. But I managed to work it in one more week. You did it. You did it. <laughs> All right. We're seven minutes into part two. We haven't mentioned Journey to Silius, So I'm, 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 I'm forcing it in. I want a hard I, cut segue. The, the stage one music is so good. I'm glad that you started with talking about the music. Because? Because that is the by far the most memorable thing about this game yeah the game's pretty pretty generic shooty game shooty action it's, game for that i mean like i've played mega man before yeah this is a mega man game complete with complete with picking up new weapons from bosses that you defeat and having a limited amount that you can use them and having to pick up having to pick up power-ups from enemies to refill your your special weapon ammo yeah it's 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 just a a simple little action game on the NES where you can select weapons and shoot stuff. If this but, had come out and had okay, so we haven't really talked about it. I, I'm sure you would like to regale us with the because you've been wanting to do this for a while now. Yeah, because it's uh it was supposed to be a Terminator game. Yes, uh, Sunsoft got the license to make a Terminator game for the NES. And it's 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 pretty fun. The history of it is 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 a good time. There's a there's a nice writing or write up. Uh, it's on a website called Gaming Alexandria. I've never heard of them until more recently. But if you search Journey to Silius, uh, Terminator, Sunsoft, something like that, it will probably pop up. And it goes into more detail about how. If you can find the link to it, I will put it in the description. Oh yeah, sure. I, I sent it to you earlier. It's actually in the Discord, but here. Okay, great. I'll. The, oh uh, yeah it's right yeah okay it's there twice now cool yeah and it. so someone that was just curious wrote to a bunch of people and ended up getting some they were actually shipped the so the owner i believe it was the original owners of sunsoft us or like they were bought out by sun in japan then it became sunsoft in america mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. and his son was part of this and he had a box that had old sunsoft nes box cases and some promo videos uh, that they would that they that the public never saw it was to sell to you know at like a convention where they're like hey you should you should stock sunsoft games because we're the wait what did they call themselves the uh the title holder yeah the title holder <laughs> to be fair they had a lot of licensed stuff they did have batman and gremlins and Adam it's Sam true and terminator to, and to, i to understand from the pers from the perspective of like they hold a lot of ips that they make games for but it also has the double entendre of like we're the champion. Yeah, yeah, and and you're marketing it to think about it. You're you're this was the '80s, and they're yep. marketing it to a bunch of people that think 
all video games are pong which is still probably the case for some people no i, I mean yeah anymore um so you, i mean they, they e- like to... it's 20 it, we're in the 2020s and there are people even now who you'll ask about video games and the first thing they'll bring up is pac-man yeah so like yeah that's but... the the shadow of like you know the shadow of, of pac-man and and mario brothers one looms over the general idea of what video games are yeah in in a lot of uh less connected individuals let's say <laughs> so so the vice president of sons off of america was richard robbins who was the son of the guy that started the the coin op thing that was bought out by sun corporation in japan uh he had the foresight to think that terminator was going to be a big deal after the first movie and wanted to have the license to to make a game and he he was pretty the i didn't know this but it's the same guy who wanted to get the license to adam's family for fester's quest ah and that was also before the movie that you know made it popular so he did have some he he had a little bit of foresight to think hey this could be this could be a big deal yeah 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 to have if we could make these games uh and so they had the license from a company called creative licensing corporation which i guess is who had owned the james cameron rights to the terminator and so they they wanted to make a game for it, but the there's a whole lot of limitations that they had. They wanted it to be uh, like this big. They wanted it to be this interactive experience, like a Dragon's Lair. Okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they wanted it to be on the NES, which right, which just, doesn't work, <laughs> right? And and you could only there could only be one Terminator, and it couldn't die until the end. And they were limited. That could be like the only enemy. There was all these really strange stipulations they had in place and sunsoft mm-hmm. was trying to develop it in japan and they knew it was impossible and they basically ran out of nes memory just trying to mess with like you know to start it up and 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 the tape that the that robin sent to the person that wrote this article has that promo of what it would have looked like on the nes it's fun yeah i saw it yeah and at that point they were already out of memory and they're like yeah there's no way we can do this and we're not no one's going to want to foot the uh fit the foot the bill to add more memory to the nes cart to make this a possibility right and Although, we can't we can't sell it in the west on the famicom disc system which might make it work <laughs> maybe and so what they did at sunsoft was like yeah you know what let's just make an action game and we'll we'll just do kind of what we want to make a decent action game and go from there and then when they showed it to uh clc they're like no this is this is not okay you know, we're taking our license back. So they, right. they, their license was revoked. They were left with this game. They took out all the Arnold, like the Terminator references. Mm-hmm. And ultimately we ended up with Journey to Silius. And supposedly the music was not altered at all. It was the exact music that would have been in oh. the Terminator game, which damn, that is some, <laughs> some upbeat music for Terminator. Like when you think of Terminator, you think of that, dun, 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 you know, that kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, and, it's all very severe. Right, <laughs> but the old, like the one one music of Jury Decilius is is so it's like anything is possible kind of music. You know, it yeah, can be played yeah, yeah. at an anime when the the characters gonna they're they're learning to to you know hit the golf ball for the first time, or or they're they're running in a it, it, like they're gonna punch the bad guy. Specifically, whatever. the golf ball, huh? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> they might even lose their arm. They hit it so hard. Uh, they, I like. I've been talking about it. Like the more I talk about Birdie Wing with other people, the more I realize I really liked it. <laughs> I like I it. finished it and I was like, that was dumb and silly. And I don't think I'd recommend it to anyone. And I've Wrong. been doing nothing but recommending it to people since then. 
<laughs> I I definitely would like to watch it. It seems fantastic. It's, it's dumb and silly, and it doesn't know what it wants to be. It spends half of the season being one thing and half of it being another, but perfect. it never stops being dumb. That's perfect. It's the 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 fact that it's Bandai Namco animation makes me think that someone there knew about battle battle golfing. <laughs> it really feels like like the Somebody more I knew. think about it, the more I'm like, yeah. Someone just took the the general feel of Battle Golfer Yui and was like, we got to rebrand this because we can't just we can't make it quite the same as this. But I want it to feel like this. <laughs> we don't want to pay for that. <laughs> no one's paying for the licensing of this because what's the point? No one knows what it is anyways. But it's this is the feeling we want to go. Yeah, for. <laughs> like we're we're not doing like we're not doing time travel mafia yet <laughs> yeah yet i mean hey it's only season one and there is more coming i i was looking for the i was hoping there'd be manga of it because i like reading it so yeah i think it's a you to... i think it's a, a an original anime project it is there there, Which... is, there is no way to read it because you know then i can do it a little bit faster pace and stuff sure uh but no not possible sol that's that's actually like I actually really like to see it's like seeing a movie that's like an actual original idea because everything's an adaptation now. Yeah, that's why that's why I highly recommend everything everywhere all at once. Mm. That movie is awesome. I think I would even recommend it to you. I'm, I'm only somewhat interested in watching it. It's just like I don't know that I will. Because <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where it's like it may like when it comes to watching something like a movie, especially it's mm -hmm. like I may be interested, but it's never going to be higher than third or fourth on the list of things that I want to do at any given moment with one and two basically being constantly play a video game or watch anime or YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And usually YouTube is like also watching video games. So, like, it's, like, there are other things buried underneath that where it's, like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. That could be fun. Like, I'm mm -hmm. kind of interested in that. But it's a matter of, like, getting it up to that first that first spot where it's, like, okay, that's the thing that I'm choosing to do right now. Because usually I'll watch something. I'll watch YouTube or anime because I can watch it for 20 minutes and then stop. Sure. And with a movie, well, I have to bored, actually commit to it. If I have the amount of time that I would commit to a movie, it's time to turn the console on. Right. You know, if I have two hours, two hours is something that I can put into a video game. So that's what I'm going to do with that time. Yeah, if I, I have that. less time than that, then I'll turn YouTube on and put on a video. And then I'll stop and go do whatever it is that I needed to do after that. Yeah. So like movie be... fits into this weird in between spot where it's like I have to commit more time to it. And if I have that much time to commit to it, I probably want to play something. Yeah, there's a decent chance I would buy it when it comes out. And so maybe that would be one of those ones that I can bring over and you can see it. Cause I would watch it again for sure. Mm. Well, how did we get here? Oh, we were talking about how there's most everything is just a, an adaptation, an adaptation of an IP that exists. But we did that because we started talking about birdie wing because you were talking about the music oh, right. in journey to Silius one, one sounding like inspiring music. When someone learns how to hit a golf ball for the first time, instead of really severe Terminator music, <laughs> yeah, not Terminator end of the world stuff. Yeah. Cause that's how they got around. The, uh, that that's how they got around the idea of them having to fight a Terminator was, oh, well, let's make it in the future where they're fighting other robots and stuff. And the licensed corporation was like, well, that's kind of not what we wanted at all. 
yeah. And I, I, I like that the Sunsoft, uh, the, the, who, I don't remember the, the, the director that was in charge of the game at the time, how he was like, yeah, who cares? Let's just make a game that's playable and fun. As a creative person that works with clients who ask for specific things that are sometimes difficult to deliver on. Sure. And having recently gotten a lot of experience dealing with complicated licensing approval processes. Yeah. I can confirm that sometimes the best way to work with all of that is to just like cut through all of the red tape that you're dealing with and make something that's cool and hope that they like it. Yeah. And Sometimes. more often than not, it actually works. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 asking for forgiveness instead of permission is is okay sometimes. Yeah. But it's it's not even that because like it's not like the thing is done. It's like it's asking for permission after you've done a thing that you think will impress them. It's not what they asked for, but maybe they don't know what they want. Yeah, maybe, maybe they maybe just they, don't know what you're capable of. Maybe, maybe you have an know. idea. Maybe you have an idea that's easier to explain once you have like an actual example of it. Yes. And then once you can explain it with that, then it's like, oh, yeah, OK, well. Oh, why didn't you say so? Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's if you don't it's it can be really hard to uh have that ability to look at the finished room when it's empty. So it's not, it's, and especially if you're from the position of handing out a license or giving money, it's sort of, if, if you sometimes need to go with what you know, and if you don't know, it's hard to approve it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. by showing them what can be, can, it can occasionally work in your favor. Cause like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. I like yeah. that a lot. Cause a lot of the times it's like, Oh, that's not what like, when you explained it before, this is not what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. I thought you were talking about something different than this, and I wasn't interested in that thing that I had conceptualized. But this thing is different than what I had conceptualized and way better. So yes. I do like this, actually. Yeah. That did not seem to work out for Journey to Silius, so we got Journey to Silius instead of the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. We got a mostly, you know, it's it's just, it really is just a generic action game. On the NES, but I, the music not, alone is good enough for me. The music is really good. Like I, this is, I, I think the two best things about this game are its development story and its music. So yes. since I'm putting music on this podcast and we're talking about its development story, I'll go ahead and say it. This podcast is the best way to experience Journey to Silius. <laughs> you don't really need to play the game. <laughs> It's well. For, first of all, it's short. It's five levels. The levels are quite long. I, I, okay. So I, uh, I played the game back in January and finished it then. And I thought I was going to replay it for the podcast, and I didn't. And okay. I'm having a hard time remembering. Uh, That's okay. I, I have things to say about it. Okay, good. Because I was going to ask you to to highlight them. Because what happened? I was like, oh, you know what? I want to play this because we've been talking about playing this, and then what eventually became the Terminator game that was released. Yes. Because it follows the storyline apparently, but it doesn't since there's a lot of Terminators and, all, and it's, I mean, it has horrible controls and you get lost in a police station. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll play it because it's fun to, to kind of poke fun at it. But uh, That's I, I the played... Cusa Grande one, right? 
Yeah, it was a Genesis one by yeah. Okay, uh, I think it was Radical Entertainment. Cool. There's a couple. There's there is one for Sega CD which has really amazing, you know, grainy images from the original Terminator into in the game themselves. And there was actually an NES game that followed the storyline of the movie more closely that came out also. We're talking so, about one, not T two, right? Correct, T one Terminator. Okay. The, yeah, the, the 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 original Terminator, the okay. one that was supposed to have, um, uh, oh my god, O.J. Simpson play play the Terminator. That's who that's who Cameron wanted, but the producers or the the people that were handing out the money were like, no, <laughs> no one would ever believe he's a he's capable of murder. <laughs> yeah. They were not wrong. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so so I, I sat down to play it because I just wanted to try. I was like, you know what? This is fun. I was I was having a good enough time where I ended up playing through the whole game kind of by accident because mm. it's not it's not bad. It's, it's really just, not. I do have some issues with some parts of it. I yeah. Mean, and without so here's time. the thing in every in every conceivable way, this is a Mega Man game. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like except for being able to pick which thing you fight next. Yeah. Yeah, like it's if you can imagine a sh- uh, a linear Mega Man game that's about half the length of a Mega Man game, that's about what it is. Mm-hmm. Right down to having to pause the game to pick your sub weapon. Yep. Um. So right down to your your shots looking like lemons and having the same rules behind them where you can have three on the screen at a time, <laughs> but then you can shoot faster when you're closer to things. Oh, right, right. Because because the faster it hits, like they're off screen once they hit, so you can shoot faster. Mm-hmm. So like it's it feels every bit like a Mega Man game, except no no screen transitions really. Mm-mm. It's just, it generally is just a, a consistent uh, level. I think there's a I think there's like a couple of screen transitions per fa- per uh, stage, just basically to refresh you into a new zone. Um, and because there's no screen transitions. A healthy and annoying number of impossibly blind falls. <laughs> oh, true. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. I do remember uh, th- there's a few moments of, oh, I'm going to just rewind time because I jumped right into like an enemy and its bullet. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no like you have to jump just off of a cliff and you assume that there's just safety down there. But the ledge that you're landing on has like three enemies on it that you either land on or that hit you immediately or both. (laughs) And you don't have a ton of health in this game. Also, the health system is one of the most confusing things I've ever seen. (laughs) I don't at any given point. I have no idea how much health I have left. Because you have a health bar. And how much damage things will do to you. Uh Like there is... I don't know if certain things hit harder than certain other things. I assume that must be what it is. Because what it sure seems to be is that sometimes you get hit with a projectile and it does no damage. And then you get hit with that same projectile and it does a half pip of damage. And you get hit with the next pip of damage from the same projectile and it does one and a half pips of damage or two (laughs) pips of damage. And then the next one does zero again. And then it and it's not a sequence. It seems completely random. And yeah, there, I don't know. I, everything hits way too hard, except when it doesn't. And I don't know what the difference is. 
or how they calculate that. And there's like almost no health drops in the whole game. No, the game is really difficult. I think I played, I think I played through the entire game and picked up a grand total of three health pickups, which are random drops from enemies in five stages, long stages. They are very long. And, and the, well, the bosses refill your life, right? After you beat them. After you beat them. Yeah. Yeah, you you start That's every it. stage with a fresh with a fresh health bar, but other issues. The sub weapons are not bad, but you have about 10 shots of them before you have to switch back to your regular thing. True. Um, I, I like the 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 homing missile. That, that is like the, that is by far the best one. It's really good and it's 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 sort of funny though cuz sometimes it's going to hit one thing then it's like nope and it does like a 180 to hit something else in a different yep. direction for I don't know what causes it to home in on some things and not others first yeah it's it's weird um i I, the problem that i ran into is i would use the sub weapons during the stages run out of them in about 10 seconds um the drops for weapon refills are a bit more frequent than health but it's still like it only refills like two pips which is like two shots or three shots yeah yep um and honestly, like the place where you need those shots the most is on bosses. So I ended up just not using the sub weapon at all during the stages and saving all of the saving all the weapon charges for the bosses, because those were actually the hard parts, harder parts. Yeah, it will. And if you get some of them, it felt like you really had to kill fast because it was just too chaotic mm-hmm. to to manage. Yep. Yeah, the bosses get really they're really out of control. Like there is, there is an awful lot of just like, we're just for this hit boxes are not super consistent in the, for, for starters. Um, there no. were a lot of things where like nothing actually hit me, but I took damage and it's like, oh, I guess you were close enough for that. <laughs> Sometimes you, uh, you do have like a, you do have like a prone, uh, a sort of prone crouch, which is helpful but also inconsistent because sometimes the projectile goes over you and sometimes it really doesn't. And it also takes like a weirdly long time to get in and out of that animation. Yeah, there was a few times I remember where I thought I was going to be able to duck under something in time, but it was just slow enough where I got bonked. There's so many frames of animation to get into that position that you just actually can't get down fast enough. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's no fun. There's a lot of little, there's a lot of little things like that. Like not oh, being able is... to use the sub weapon as much as you want. The crouch is good, but it takes too long. A lot of the stuff feels like it has too many frames of animation where you just can't react quite as quickly as you want. The controls are mostly tight. Like running and jumping is fine. Yeah, I mean, take this as you will. But if if there wasn't rewind time, this would be a more or less unplayable game for me. Mm. But with rewind time, I'm... I'm okay to suffer through some of the dumber parts or like at least a save state occasionally. Yeah. I I did the, uh, I did the save state at the beginning of the stage. And then on the later stages, when it started getting difficult, I would do a save state at the beginning of a section. That's a good idea. Yeah. That sounds like I basically consider all the screen transitions to be a checkpoint. Cause I, I do believe it has like very, very limited lives and, and like no continues. I think that's correct. I, I actually, I don't remember now. I also don't remember. Journey to Silius continues. I, I can hear the music though. I'm, 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 I want to rock out to it. 
Are we done talking about it? We can rock no, out no. to it right now. I'm just, I just really like the the one one music a lot. <laughs> oh, that's fun. What's that? There is a, uh, there is a uh, apparently according to uh, Will's blog pro tip of the day. Okay. So from 2009. So take this with as much salt as you feel is necessary. Okay, yeah. Um, there is a Konami code style input that you can do with the title screen to give yourself more continues. Oh, cool. Up to nine. Um, the, the code is press the B button 33 times, then press start. That's that. That and sounds it, it, not like a Konami code. That just sounds like a code. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> it's not a Konami game now, is it? Well, I guess you got me. <laughs> it's from Sunsoft, the title holder. The title holder. He said it. He did. He did sound really. He was convinced that's what they're called. Oh, I mean, he was paid to. I, still, he was very sure. I'm. I'm looking. The I'm going to game FAQs. Let's see if they have that in their cheat section, because I would trust that. Oh, no, okay, I'm the, yeah, press the B button exactly 33 times. Instead of hearing an explosion and starting the game like normal, you go to a hidden options menu. It ha- it literally is just adjust your number of continues, and then there's a sound test. <laughs> Making it the best screen in the game. <laughs> oh, true! It's just the jukebox. It's just the jukebox. Just leave it there. I, I-, I have, honest to God booted up the the switch nes stuff when i've had the switch open i was like you know what i'm just gonna listen to the journey to silliest music while i do something like and i just listened to the one one theme on repeat while doing the dishes for like 15 minutes <laughs> i could have just typed it into my computer but i, had I was gonna open. say you didn't I like think switch, to do that on youtube i had the switch open already and i was like oh yeah this is kind youtube of is on the switch Oh, no, that's I don't I don't like YouTube on the switch. Then you got to I mean, I don't really either. But like, you, you know, I mean, it makes more sense than loading up the game and listening to the one one music. I understand <laughs> if you only want to listen to the one one music, then that's actually fine because that's easy to get to. You just open the game and hit start. It's it's like surprisingly long and varied for a game of this mm, caliber. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the, that's fair. The music is super good. Yeah, it's I unnecessary. Say that good. Enough. I mean, that uh, like I have heard I've seen people do covers of music from Journey to Silius, and I'm like, that's a weird pull. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, and like it's, having it's... actually played the game, it's like, yeah, I don't think anyone really, really loves this game for the game. It's like three minutes long. But the music is really solid. Like, it, I have no complaints there. I, I I'm a that is the of... selling point. The, the Terminator franchise like I, I've like I like the movies I love T2 it's it's fun to to uh you know the, the lore of it all blah 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 and even that wouldn't have I probably wouldn't have even suggested that we play this game even though I we got to talk a little bit about that history except that the the music just I love it so much that that is why I wanted to to talk about this game on this podcast. I don't care about the gameplay. I, the, the the creations or the, the history behind how it came to be, I didn't really know that much other than that it was a canceled Terminator game until more recently. So it was it was purely the 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 title screen and the one one music that got me to to want to bring this up. And you know what? It's worth it. 
it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to listen to the one one music. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know, it's funny. It sounds like I'm really trashing this game for being terrible, and it's just it's not terrible. It's just neither good nor bad enough to really care that much about. You know, it's it's it is it is a just a generic shooty game. It's like ideas. we played Zero Wing, right? Yeah. And Zero Wing has the one thing that's really memorable about it, and that's it. Right, and it's and that's still worth talking about because it's unique and special and a part of I mean, in some ways that's even more important in terms of gaming history, if you yeah, will. Yeah, and yeah. Memes in general. But uh but like but talking about that, the actual game behind it, the thing that spawned those those memes and that that culture is like I think it's important to like actually see what's there. But there is a reason why certain aspects of games sort of outshine the, you know, the core of it. I think Zero Wing is especially funny because it's not even like the game story is what's memorable. It's it's just the mistranslation. That's yeah, funny. it's just the, it's just it being bad. Like if they had a person that understood Japanese to English better, it would have been nothing. No one ever no would have one heard would of this know game. what Zero Wing is. <laughs> right. So that person created memes on the internet. Yep. <laughs> yep. I feel like unwittingly, <laughs> but they did it. <laughs> imagine like i don't know if that person's still alive because it has been 30 some years but true yeah and there's no telling it like they may have enlisted a 50 something year old translator at the time we don't know but hopefully <laughs> they're still around and i i like to think that that person sees people walk around with shirts of that <laughs> character saying all your base are belong to us and they're like yeah yeah i did that yeah <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope that's... It, it would be a nice thing to think that they have, like, this sort of legacy from working on this weird throwaway game back in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> well, I feel like we've definitely talked a lot about Journey to Silence. <laughs> we've talked about it as much as it deserves. <laughs> Honestly, like, the real the real meat of this is you talking about the, the development and the whole Terminator link. Like, that's the whole reason to do this. Other than that... It's a forgettable Mega Man clone where you don't get to use the sub weapons enough. The level design is unfair and it's just kind of okay. It's not really interesting enough one way or another to be memorable aside from the music is really good. Yeah, that's and, and the whole game. I think that that's it's this is one of those moments where I love what the internet offers that this person was interested enough in the history of Sunsoft cuz you know there was old magazines where it showed the Terminator game and it was going to be by Sunsoft and it had little pictures of what the game was going to look like in GamePro and Nintendo Power. And he, he followed up by emailing a ton of people. And this dude who, you know, he he was the vice president, maybe he was later the president, like, you know, he was an important person in a big company, responded to this stranger's email and was like, hey, here, yeah, I found this box of stuff in my closet from those days that has uh, promotional material and some fun stuff. I'll send it to you in the mail. Yeah. How how radical is that? Like that that if the internet didn't exist, it would have just been thrown out when someone cleaned out his closet when mm -hmm. he died. <laughs> right? Yeah. And now it's in the and now it's in the hands of the internet and it's it's, you know, immortalized in terms of that. Yeah, it's super internet, it's super cool to see stuff like that turn up. So it's that that's that's that is the main draw of of talking about this is is highlighting the history of it and and the music and we can only say that six or seven more times before we should probably just end this. 